0: Welcome to the Princeton LaxCast. I'm Jerry Price. I'm joined by Princeton head women's lacrosse coach Jen Cook. Jen, welcome aboard.
1: Thanks for having me, Jerry.
0: Always a pleasure. Uh, Let's talk about a few things. We have the two games from last week against Rutgers and Yale. We look ahead to Friday's home game against uh, Southern Cal. But I was thinking about since uh, the Ivy League basketball tournaments are in Jadwin Gym this weekend, Are you a college basketball? You must be a college basketball fan if you went to North Carolina. Did you ever play basketball? What other sports did you play besides lacrosse?
1: I uh, played soccer. I was a swimmer and I played lacrosse. I tried my hand at basketball in seventh grade, and I didn't love that every time you were playing defense that you couldn't actually touch the person that you were defending. Um, so I fell out immediately um, within the first half in seventh grade. And I said, maybe this isn't the sport for me. I was a little too aggressive defensively.
0: Would you play in soccer? I was a forward. And then in swimming, freestyle? Uh,
1: yeah. So swimming, I was a 100 butterflyer and a sprinter in freestyle. So 50 yards all that. I was not a distance person. I was definitely fast twitch, uh, short distance. Did you have
0: opportunities uh, beyond high school in uh, soccer or swimming?
1: Interestingly enough, I I did club with uh, volunteer assistant Patty Kennedy's brother, Charlie Kennedy at Suburban Swim Club. Um, So I swam in club up until Uh, about end of ninth grade. And a lot of people don't know this about me, but I grew really, really late. Um, So in eighth grade, going into ninth grade, I was um, four, eight and probably soaking wet, probably 90 pounds. And so um, in swimming, your reach is is a really big thing. And so I really kind of at that point going into high school, decided that maybe the club route swimming in college wasn't my calling because of how short I was, right, I, since I grew late. Um, and so I really kind of switched gears. I swam in high school, and my growth spurt was freshman, sophomore, and junior year, actually, in terms of growing to five nine. But um, basically, I, I kind of shelved swimming, but did it just for a varsity ladder um, in high school, and, and I did pretty well. But um, it, it wasn't necessarily my passion.
0: What is, uh, are you a basketball
1: fan? I am a huge basketball fan. Love uh, Joel Embiid and, and Tyrese Maxey for the 76ers. Also love college basketball, of course. We always have games on in our house. Um, March Madness is awesome. Love it. Love to watch all the different games, the the Cinderella stories, and and everybody just, you know, have any opportunity any given day anybody can win and there's nothing more magical than that that type of tournament, right
0: i think carolina's getting in
1: you know it's a rebuild year we'll see we we, will see
0: um the ivy tournament we should just say is coming to jadwin gym this weekend the women's games are at 4 30 and 7 on friday it'll be princeton against penn at 4 30 and columbia harvard at seven the women's final is five o'clock on sunday on saturday excuse me the men's semifinals, 11 o'clock, is Yale-Cornell. 1.30 is Princeton and Penn. And then the men's final is at noon. Your game Friday is at noon. So people can come see your game and then go to the Ivy tournament. And I have a sense that the timing of that game was with the Ivy tournament in mind. It'll be USC at Princeton, and we'll talk about that uh, shortly. But first, let's get back to the two games this weekend. A great win over a Rutgers team that's been ranked in the top seven or uh, six or seven so far this season. Uh team really put everything together in that game. And then uh, a bit of a disappointing start to the Ivy League season with the loss at Yale. What's your takeaways from the two games?
1: I mean, I, I really think the Rutgers game was the reflection of the type of team we truly are, right? I think that is the type of performance you have against Rutgers is really everybody stringing it all together, from the attack to the midfield and draw to the D. Um, everybody really, really was engaged, ready to go. And then, you know, it was incredible, right? Like we executed all the pieces we needed to execute that would lead to success. Um, we played free and confident. Um, and, you know, I think the challenge always is, is the first turnaround, Uh, game where you have two games in a week and you've got 72 hours to turn around and and refocus and reset from such a massive win. And so that is a difficult challenge for any team. Um, You know, I think Rutgers is a great game to build off of. That is what we're capable of and who we always knew we were and are. Um, You know, I think it was a learning curve, right? 72 hours turning around to play an incredibly talented Yale team um, away on the road, it's always a learning curve with, with a, a younger and newer group of kids. Right. Um, so there were a lot of lessons learned last week. I think you, you can't get too high on a win and you can't get too low on a loss, right? You're never as good as your best performance and you're never as bad as your worst performance. And it's remembering that.
0: So you talked about the going on the road, you know, your first time away, your first time on the bus, your first time in the hotel, uh, what is that experience like? You, know, you got a lot of young players. Uh, it's a first time for a bunch of them. Um, it's a whole new uh, season. So you, know, you graduated such a large class. What is it like, just you know, having a road trip?
1: It's great for bonding purposes, right? You you spend a lot of time together. For our team, um, team meals are a no cell phone zone. So um, really engaging and connecting with each other at those different, um, you know, occasions that we have meals. Uh, one of our seniors and another player on our team actually do the rooming lists that rotate on a way trip. So that's another way to kind of vary who you're connecting with or rooming with. Um, it really is great. It's a great bonding experience. It is tiring to be on the road and to travel, but overall it's a great experience for a lot of different reasons, right? You can really develop and get to know each teammate at a a much deeper level. And so we love away trips. um, But, you know, again, I think this weekend's game was a great learning opportunity. And again, having that game and that experience with quick turnaround is only going to help us later in season.
0: So next up for you is USC. As we mentioned, that's a noon start Friday on Sherrod Field. That is followed uh, a week from Saturday, so eight days later, by Penn State at Princeton on Sherrod Field as well uh, before we get back into the Ivy League with a trip to Cornell on the 25th to end the month. So let's talk a little bit about USC. You were out there last year, uh, defeated USC, and uh, it's interesting that I'm not sure who the first team was that had a a Division I team west of the Mississippi, but there's a lot of them now. Uh, The uh, Pac-12 has a enough teams to have a a Pac-12 women's lacrosse, Uh, you know, see Denver, you see, you know, a lot of teams uh, west of the Mississippi now. Uh, You were able to play San Diego State when you were out there last year. What do you think of that as you see how much it's grown and and has moved west?
1: I think it's amazing. Uh, You look at Northwestern, you've got Michigan, you've got Arizona you have Denver you have just a ton of talented teams and it just goes to show how many kids are currently playing the game and how quick women's lacrosse is growing across the country and on any given day any team can win really like game to game and I think um, you look at the up some of the upsets that happened this weekend right um, and I wouldn't even call them upsets just because the talent on each team is is growing right just because more and more kids are playing and so i think it's awesome um that there's so much talent and great teams not just in the mid-atlantic and and east coast but really all over um it's been really incredible since i was an undergrad to see that growth occur
0: so what's interesting is i took a look at usc's roster they only have four players from west of the mississippi though so they're still drawing uh a lot of their players from the the, the you know, traditional quote-unquote hotbeds. And they actually do have a lot of players who uh, played in high school with players on Princeton's team. And uh, so uh, it's interesting that the draw to, to heading to a place like USC for lacrosse and being so far away, which is why it's re- very special for them to be able to come east and, and play closer to home. USC is ranked 20th in the country. Um, one loss is to Boston College, who obviously is a uh, uh, one of the top teams in the country. Uh, USC is in the top actually third in the country and cause turnovers per game. They cause more turnovers per game than Princeton commits turnovers per game, call it forced and unforced Princeton in the top 10 and not turning the ball over. USC has a very good defense. They have a very good goalie. What have you seen from them as you started your preparations?
1: They're a really talented team. Like you, you just rattled off some of the important mm-hmm. stats that I have on the scout. That's actually in front of me that I'm working through. Um, they're returning a ton of players. They have some really talented crease kids. Um, their midfield play is fantastic. They also have a, a really good kid who takes the draw. Um, they're physical, they're fast, they're tall. Um, so it's going to be a great opportunity and a great challenge for us. They, like I said, they're returning probably, I would say, at least six um, pieces from their offense the previous year. So Um, They're stacked, uh, but they run, again, a really similar set to offensive sets to what we've seen this past spring. So all the games are kind of building on each other, which is exciting in terms of our growth and our learning. So, you know, for USC, it's really executing the scout, knowing individual tendencies of each player and really making sure that we know those and are aware of those so that we can execute and play what's in front of us.
0: Uh, this is, I think, the third or fourth meeting between Princeton and USC, so not a lot. Uh, obviously, the one last year. Uh, how did USC end up on the schedule? Is there a connection with their coaching staff? Or
1: There isn't a connection. I think Coach Mundy is a fantastic coach. I, I always love hearing her speak at different camps and or at um convention um, with just the concepts that she thinks about the game. But overall, we went out to Cali for Sam Fish and... Um, you know some of our Cali kids out there in general, like Taylor DeGroff. Um, you know, really to to have a little bit of a homecoming, especially for Sam Fish's last senior year. Um, that's that's kind of how the connection started. We also like to take uh, some warm weather trips during spring break, so that helped as well. One year we did Florida. One year we did California. So um, we like to try to go somewhere and and get away from the east coast cold weather in in march if we can so um that's kind of how those games get on the schedule
0: do you have a, a, not that i mean how far in advance do you schedule these things do you have schedules made for three four five years down the road or is it something that you do one year at a time
1: so it depends sometimes you have a reciprocal contract sometimes you don't um you know usually if you play out there the the agreement is they come back and play on the east coast and i'm sure they're more than happy to do that with the roster that they have like you you kind of rattled off they have some east coast kids as well so um you know it we usually do the schedule start it in november for the following year so not the upcoming spring so like a year and a half in advance um to get certain teams on and kind of schedule out um, with addition to what your Ivy schedule is, because that rotates at times and switches dates um, and locations. So you usually get your, your Ivy slate um, January, February, and then you can kind of have a general idea of where you can put people throughout um, going through the spring of this year for the next year's spring.
0: It's a bit of a science, I think, that everybody ends up with the right number of games and all. USC playing two games here. They'll play Princeton Friday and they'll play at Hofstra on Sunday. Lastly, before we let you go, uh, last week we talked to Karen Maurer. Today we're going to talk to Molly Darty, first year coach, former goalie. Uh, What has she brought to the program?
1: She brings a lot of energy and she brings a ton of just insight in that position. Right. And she's also very, very competitive, like Karen and myself, Um, really wants to get the most out of our players and really mentors them and gives them the little details that we need to have success. And so her eye has been incredible this past year and, and she's been a really valued member of this team and this coaching group and um, you know always coming up with new creative drills We we'll love that so that we have a rotating list of drills that don't get stale if you will so it's just been fun picking her brain and really getting her to kind of see the game the way Karen and I see the game and it's it's been really awesome we've we've loved having her and I know our players have as well
0: Well, Jen, thanks for taking some time to be with us here today. Good luck against USC. And uh, we'll be back next week to talk to Jen again. Awesome. Thanks, Jerry. And we'll take a short break and be back on the Princeton LAXCast with assistant coach Molly Daugherty.
1: At RWJ Barnabas Health, we have a passion for heart health with the largest adult and pediatric cardiac surgery programs in the state, a heart transplant program that's top 15 in the nation, a partnership with Rutgers Health, the latest technology and medical advancements and nationally renowned care for every heart in every one of our communities whoever your heart beats for our hearts beat for you let's be healthy together visit rwjbh.org heart
0: back here on the princeton Laxcast, cast i'm jerry price i'm joined by princeton assistant coach molly doherty and i said doherty when i was talking to uh jen cook a moment ago it's doherty so i apologize for that and molly welcome aboard
2: Thanks, Jerry. Thanks so much for having me.
0: We're happy to uh, be able to talk to you. You have quite a a, a background in the sport of lacrosse, and it's always great to know uh, the assistant coaches and people who aren't as in the spotlight uh, as the players and the head coach. So let's start out with the idea that you are a national champion and multi-time All-American at James Madison. And when you look at the uh, NCAA champions going back a while. It's, uh, it's mostly power five schools and James Madison in 2018. Talk a little bit about your experiences uh, winning a national championship.
2: Yeah, pretty unreal. Um, you know, I redshirted my true freshman year, my redshirt freshman year uh was the year that we won the national championship um and you're right you know prior to us winning that championship in 2018 it had been Virginia it had been UNC it had been Northwestern. Um, you know, yes Northwestern all these power five schools Maryland um you know and we really wanted to break into um you know that that top spot and also kind of demonstrate that um if you have the right people and you have the right mindset and you work hard enough, you can do it. Anyone can do it. It's it's possible.
0: Well, your team went 22 and one in 2018. Your only loss during the regular season was to Maryland. That mm-hmm. was a 15-12 game at Maryland. And then you beat it, was not an easy road to do this. You beat Virginia, and then Florida, who was the sixth seed, number three, yep. Carolina, and number four, Boston College, winning the championship game. 16-15. What are your biggest memories of of that run? and specifically the championship game itself
2: um that's actually pretty funny that you ask um I think my most vivid memory actually of the national championship game was after the game was over I remember going through the handshake line and turning around to um the other goalie on the team at the time and saying oh my god we just won a national championship by one goal um you know, it had been such a, such a back and forth game and, you know, it was a true battle. Uh, it was a rainy day in May. It's at, uh, Laval Stadium, uh, Stony Brook. And, you know, it's, it's one of those kind of memories that, um, you know, I'm going to remember for a very, very long time, uh, that whole run, you know, from start to finish, it was a story. It was a saga. It was really part of just, you know, it was the 50th year of that, of our program at JMU. And it was about, you know, doing it for the woman before us and the woman after us and, you know, doing it for your sisters next to you at the same time, you know, it was so much more than just, uh, putting together plays and scoring goals. Um, and, you know, obviously in, in my role, stopping the ball from going in the net, but, um, you know, it, it was about becoming better people on a journey to something much better and much greater.
0: What, uh, what opportunities did you have coming at Where did you go to high school?
2: I went to St. Stephen, St. Agnes. So Caroline Burnett on our team, Olivia Pugh, those girls all, um, were from the same area.
0: What, what were your options coming out of high school? Were you recruited by, uh,
2: yeah, so I was career. recruited by Denver. I was recruited by JMU, uh, was, you know, lightly recruited by some other schools, but, I, you know, was definitely a kid that felt like my head coach at JMU, you know, Shelly saw something in me, um, you know, and, and she knew how great I could be. Um, and I was really lucky to be put in a situation with the right resources, um, and being someone that, you know, when I set my mind to something, um, I can be someone to, to get a ton, um. And and being surrounded by individuals who are like minded, you know, I've found that here as well. It's just uh, an incredible path for success.
0: So, uh, when you got there in the first place, were were you thinking that you had assembled NCAA championship level talent?
2: Personally, um, I think at that young age, yeah, I was an idiot. Um, You know, (laughs) for lack of better better terminology, um, you know, I, I had to learn how to how to work hard. The right way, um, you know, and I think that was part of my growth process as a, as a young player. I also think that um, a lot of that came from having teammates who, who tested me and pushed me um, and, you know, knew how good uh, I could be if, you know, I, I tweaked a few things and had coaches that cared about me. Um, you know, being to the best I could, you know, as a person and as a player. And, you know, I actually came in and redshirted because I had had um, two hip surgeries back to back. I had um, labral tears fixed in both of my hips and some other bone issues and ligament issues that I had had fixed. Round up redshirting uh, in 2016, the season of 2017. Uh, and then, you know, decided that I really uh, – Wanted to put my best foot forward competitively and and really started to to hit the gym and 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 um, kind of put together uh, you know a, a journey that I knew I would be able to accomplish.
0: So, when you what, how old were you when you started playing, and how did you become a goalie?
2: Um, i was fascinated by story.
0: how people become goalies.
2: Yeah, so funny story is, I mean, it started off in soccer. I was a soccer goalie in rec soccer and started playing lacrosse in probably elementary school in PE. Um and my head coach in high school actually who ran the program was a PE teacher in lower school. So um, you know, playing at recess and stuff like that. And then um you know maybe around the fourth grade, fifth grade really started to play like you know rec league like in the city rented goalie gear from the city um my mom and dad were like you're gonna rent it and make sure you like it before we we purchase all of this goalie equipment for you um and my mom actually i you know i've asked her that question now um and she's like well you it's felt safer i was like how how did it feel safer if i was the one getting stuff thrown at me she's like well you had a helmet on I'm like, oh. Okay, you know, at least at least my head was safe. Um so to her um you know, it definitely seemed like the right fit for me in in a lot of different areas and you know, being the kid I was, you know, at least I had a helmet on um you know, running around cra- like a crazy kid.
0: How have you enjoyed the transition to coaching?
2: Um I've enjoyed it a lot. I think a lot of it has to do with the environment that I'm in and the people that I work with. Um, I feel very um, fortunate every day to work with the staff uh, here at Princeton with Karen and Jen and Ange and Sandy and Ken and, you know, everyone here Karen. has, yeah, Karen, I, I said Karen, um, did I not? Um, but she- I thought you said Ken. Oh, well, I did say Ken too, but everyone together, I think that- <sighs> You know, it has just been such a great transition of um, feeling accepted for you know who I am, and and pushing myself in the aspect of of learning more about the game from both sides of the ball. Um, and it, you know, it's definitely different. Um, you know, you're not actually the kid on the field. And, you know, being able to to make plays physically, it's more about like teaching and demonstrating how to how you like got to that point. And and I think that's one of like the most Beautiful things about the sport of lacrosse um is that it's it's something that ties in from a lot of different sports, right? Um and I think kids can can latch onto that and, and see different aspects of the sport and how they might come together and even across men's and women's games, right? Um, so I I am just really, really enjoying the, the transition. Obviously, it's, it's still happening. Um, but it's something that um, you know, every day I'm I'm happy to be a part of, you know, becoming a better person, becoming a better coach, um, you know, and, and learning about these kids and, and how they learn and how they play and, and what um you know, what journey we're all on together.
0: Do game days feel different as a coach than they did as a player?
2: Oh yeah. You know, I um I they do, but they don't. I think the oh yeah immediately is the difference in maybe like Self preparation, um, you know. I, th- I think, you know, like the film and the preparation of practice is the same. But you know, waking up on game days, I I think being able to take a role that's um much lighter um, is really joyful. Um, in in the fact that you know it's it is much more about putting together, um, you know, game plans, combat, you know, combating other teams, and and really being on this journey as a staff and as a group like it's a team within a team Um and I think being goalie you know you often get stuck in this Um, you can at times get stuck in the oh it's the goalie like they do their own thing whatever but really bridging the gap between like the defensive unit and goalkeeping and you know having us all play as a team from start to finish Um, you know coaching staff to player to Ops, athletic trainer. You know, we we all have a really big impact on on this program. So, it's been different, and you know, we're only four games in, um, but each game is is a different experience, and I, and I can already see myself growing in in the in four games.
0: What uh did you study in uh, James Madison, and do you want to stay in coaching? You think? I mean, it's not, you're obviously in your first year, so who knows what you're going to end up doing? But
2: <laughs> um, yes, I do. I definitely. Uh, I have realized now I'm like this is a profession I want to be in for as long as I live you know you get to be on the field you get to be a part of kids lives for in the most formative years of their life right you get to be um, so many different things for not only yourself but for other people you know you get to be a problem solver you get to be like the listener you get to be a teacher you also learn a lot from the kids you learn a lot from other people um i studied health sciences so healthcare um I originally was a nursing major at jmu um and then switched to health sciences and minored in substance abuse education and prevention um and then did some master's work in leadership and coaching so um definitely not the journey that if you had asked me six years ago, I feel like everyone says that, but you know, so is life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that's one of the most beautiful things about coaching is that you can study whatever you want. And for some reason, it's always still gonna impact you, right? Like Karen and Jen um, both study totally different things and and they pull from, from their lessons in college, both on and off the field. Um, so it, it's definitely something that, I can't see myself without the sport of lacrosse in my life at a high level, let's put it that way.
0: Have you I can't remember when you were hired, but were you part of recruiting last year? Or and if so, so moving ahead to this year, this summer for recruiting or even the recruiting you've done so far, what has that been like for you? That's a completely different world. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So um, you know, I had been coaching club when I was in college in the summer. So I started to kind of get a taste of what that might look like you know and and being fortunate enough to to be so high level in the game as a player and you know still also be playing you know us and different things like that and playing au pro like making those connections with other college coaches like that was really um fun and interesting and now starting to you know understand like not only like, what are we looking to recruit and and what do we need as a program, but also like, what does the next generation of athletes look like in this sport? Um, and, and really start to see like the formative growth process of how different a kid looks in, from the fall to the spring, um, you know, and what eight months from ages 15 to 17 really looks like, you know, in, in the sheer growth and like physical capabilities of someone. Um, I think that that's actually, pretty cool and and really interesting and recruiting is definitely something I've never done before um you know it was something I was a part of as a college kid right like you know you, you show kids around campus you you know host kids for visits but being on the other side of it of you know understanding how these kids that you're recruiting now fit into your game plan you know five years down the line of a program like that's pretty cool you know not only are you working with the present um team you're also working with uh, to find kids that are f- going to fit with the present team now, you know? Um, so I think that's pretty cool. Um, it's definitely different and something I'm, uh, you know, learning and and continuing to push myself on, but it's definitely a really, um, really awesome process to kind of just watch from, from a distance and see hol- holistically.
0: Well, Molly, I want to thank you for taking some time to be with us. You were great. Thank you. For head coach Jen Cook, I'm Jerry Price. Also for assistant coach Molly Dockerty, not Darty. A reminder, it's Princeton and USC, 20th ranked USC, 16th ranked Princeton, who will be playing on Sherrod Field. That game is Friday at noon. Hope to see everybody out there. And then the Ivy League basketball tournament all weekend at Jadwin Gym. Molly, thanks again for being with us. Thanks, Jerry. You have been listening to the Princeton Laxcast. Thank you once again. And thank you for your continued support of Princeton women's lacrosse.